Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Welcome. In behalf of Pastor Mark and Terry Binabenti, they are in Singapore currently, so welcome. My name is Arman. Yes, I was that guy that, they, that they're saying happy birthday to. My name is Arman Give, and I, uh, and I am one of the leaders of the church, okay? So today you'll be hearing me, all right? <laughs> Amen? Amen. Live to tell. I was carrying this because I had something to say. Okay, life in the sun. Who we are? We are life in the sun. Tells you how. how. <laughs> we don't know who we are right now. Yes, we do. We are life in the sun. This, uh, the name of our church comes out of 1 John 5.11, and, and this is what it says. If you have this, you can read along with me. It says, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. One of the things that we, we do very good in this church is fellowship. We were born out of fellowship. This church was born out of fellowship. And we're always, uh, there's always something about fellowship. Everybody's happy. And that's why the church is really supposed to be full of life. It's not supposed to be, a, it's not always solemn and somber. There's always supposed to be life. And sometimes when it's too quiet, I feel like I'm not in the right place. So let's start today with a story. Okay, I'm going to give you a story. There was a, there was a man that went to Australia Wanted to be a tour. He wanted to tour Australia. So he went to Australia. You know, he got there. And he decided, you know what, I want to see the outback. So he rented a plane, got a pilot. Of course, the pilot say, good day, mate. Oh, good day. You know, Australian. So what do you want to do? Of course, I wanted to see the outback. So he got on the plane. While they were on the plane, the plane started to experience engine trouble. So the pilot had to call in an emergency. So he goes, Oppo Zulu 475, Mayday, Mayday, we're having engine trouble. Mayday, Mayday, we're having engine trouble. So and then the plane goes crashing. Being a tourist, and you crash in the middle of nowhere, okay? Then when he started to regain consciousness, started to open his eyes, a little blurry, he looks at the ceiling, and it was all white. He looked all around, and everything was white. White ceiling, white wall. He looked at the floor. It's all white. He was laying down on the bed, and everything was white. So he started to freak out. It's like, where am I? Am I in heaven? Am I dead? Oh, my goodness. So he started to freak out, and then the, uh, the door opened, and a man walks in, and the man was also wearing all white from head to toe, and the man was also white-skinned. Okay, he's a white guy, all right? So he really freaked out. It's like, Man, what happened? Did I, am I dead? Am I, am I in heaven? So finally, after a moment, he finally, as the man approaches, because he was so nervous, he finally asked the man, Sir, did I come here to die? And the man answered, Oh, no, mate. You came here yesterday. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yes. He didn't come here to die, but he came here Yesterday. <laughs> but there's only one man who came to earth to die. Okay? Not to die, but to die. In Matthew chapter 20, 28, it says that, For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to die. Okay? Only Jesus, who was born, he came to die. He came as a ransom. A ransom is a payment so to get you out of prison. A ransom is like redemption. It's to buy you back because you owe something. 
Only Jesus was the man that came to die. Okay, I guess this is not going to go away. Okay, he came to die. Too serious now. <laughs> he came to die. But that's, the, that's what he did. See, he came because we couldn't. We couldn't pay the penalty of our sin. When Adam sinned, that sin, is this, uh, the Bible says that because of one man's offense, that came. The penalty of sin came. The judgment of sin came. And man could not pay for his own sin. That's why God, being a loving God, he provided a way that man can get out of that sin. And that's through Jesus Christ. And that's what we've been, uh, Jared was talking about that. The song was talking about that. And at the cross, that's what happened. At the cross, the penalty of our sin, the shame of our sin, the condemnation, the judgment that was supposed to be upon us because of our sin was placed upon Jesus and at the cross, God the Father exhausted his judgment for the penalty of sin. That's what happened at the cross. And in exchange, we got everything that Jesus has. The great exchange, that's one of the lyrics of the song we're singing, the great exchange. At the cross, Jesus took upon himself all the penalty of sin, the judgment of sin, the death, the shame, the condemnation. And at that same, uh, and then that exchange happened we then got the favor of God, grace, church, the promises of God, the inheritance, all the promises that you read in the Bible, we have that, the authority. When Adam fell, he gave away that authority because God said, take dominion of the earth. That's authority. But Adam fell, that authority came upon the, the enemy of our soul, the devil. What else did we receive at the great exchange? Ephesians 2, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says that, Thank be to God, the Father and our Lord, uh, uh, the Lord and Father for Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Acceptance, adoption, forgiveness, redemption, a sealing of the Holy Spirit. Church, all of that happened at the cross. That is the great exchange that happened. What man could not provide for himself, God provided through the Son, Jesus Christ. And church, that is the gospel. That is the gospel. In, in, in summary, the gospel really is, <clears throat> is this. The man who did not deserve to, to, uh, to receive the punishment of our sin received it. And we, on the other hand, received something so good. Everything that has the, the positive and the, the good things of God we receive. And that's the gospel. The gospel is about the exchange, how man... What man could not do, we got it because somebody else took upon himself. And when a sinner repents, that's what we call salvation. Now go ahead and I'll put up Ephesians chapter 2. So that's where we get salvation. It's, but all that happened, and in verse 8 it says here, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Church, there is not an ounce of our doing that we are saved. That's what it says. It is by the grace of God, meaning it's totally God and God alone. We are saved. We receive everything from God, not because we're good, not because we're good looking, because we have a great family name, or because we're so faithful in coming to church. No. It was because like what Elmer just sang, because God is so good and he's so loving that he didn't want us to go to hell. 
and that's why he did it all by himself. We, our only part to do is really to believe and to receive what he did. That's, all the, that's our part to do. So it is not out of, uh, out of our own doing. It is a gift of God. It is not a result of work. So nobody can boast, church. Nobody can boast. So that sometimes there is a, there's a confusion on, on, on people saying that the, uh, the gospel is about the Old Testament. The gospel is about we cannot do it on our own, so God provided for us. We received everything because Jesus died on the cross, and he took upon himself the penalty. So yet, like what I said, salvation is by the grace of God. It's all of God, not of ours. But yet, if you look at uh, verse 10, not of our own works, but in verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Though salvation is not by works, though after we are saved, there is a work prepared for us to walk in. See that? So we cannot save ourselves by our own good works. However, once we are saved, there is a work prepared for us. So what is this work? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Today we're going to be, uh, we're going to be doing a two-week series called Live to Tell. And it's really about the demonstration and the declaration of the gospel. And that's why the gospel is about man receiving from God because somebody else received the bad, all the penalty that we were supposed to receive. And we received everything that Jesus had. Amen? So let's... Let's ask that question. So well, what is this work that God prepared before us? What is it? Next, please. Next slide. In John 14, interestingly, I, I kind of touched on this verse like two series ago. I didn't know we are going to be doing this series. So it's like, oh, it's, it's almost like a continuation. So John 14, verse 12 says this. So we're going to try to answer the question. So what is this work? that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. That once we get saved, there's this good work that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. Okay, all those, all those who are saved. So John uh, verse or chapter 14, verse 12 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. I'll stop there. I think we're just going to be talking about that. So first things first. The word whoever, a lot of times we think that the work of the gospel is for the apostles only, for the, your life group leader, for, your, for the guy that uh, preach up here, okay, for the ministry leader. Sometimes we have that mentality, oh, no, that's not for me. It's for those mature Christians. I don't know what that, or the super Christians. I don't know what that means. Okay, there's the super Christians. That's, that's their job. That's what they, they're supposed to do. But here it says, whoever believes. And, and what does whoever mean, uh, mean? Whoever, right? Anybody. If you believe, if you're a Christian, you're part of the whoever. It says that whoever, leaves, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. So go ahead, next slide. So whoever, just, uh, just to look at that Whoever. That whoever, like for example, John 2.11 says, whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Who's the whoever? Everyone who believes. John 4.8, whoever believes in me out of his heart will flow uh, rivers of living water. Again, that whoever is whoever. 
Anyone who believes, another whoever, believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And some of this we know because we claim this. This is the promises that we claim, that though we, will, we die, we shall live again because we believe. So the, the part of whoever believes in me, even, last one, whoever believes in me will not remain in darkness. So whoever is who? Whoever. <laughs> it means everybody. Correct? Right? Everybody. Whoever believes in me, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, then there's a work that God has prepared for you. Amen? Okay, I got you. You said amen. So whoever. So that's everybody. It's not just for the pastor. It's not for the apostles, the missionaries. No, it's whoever. So we still haven't answered the question. So what is this work? Okay. Now, if you think about works that we will do, I mean, the works uh, that Jesus did, I think the first thing that might pop into your mind are the miracles that he did. Isn't it not? Go ahead and show the next slide. For example... Thinking about it, what, what did Jesus do while well, he was here? He turned water into wine, John chapter 2. He read the, uh, the mind of the woman of Samaria the, by the well, the uh, well of uh, Jacob's well. He healed the official son, John 4. He healed the man crippled for 38 years. He fed 5,000 people. He walked on water. He healed the man born blind. And of course, he raised his friend, Lazarus. So did Jesus, so uh, uh, based on uh, chapter 14, verse uh, 12, so does that mean that whoever believes in Jesus are supposed to do all these works? Yes. Somebody said yes. Thank you, brother. <laughs> if, since you said yes, then I have to say I failed. I failed big time. I have not walked in water. I have not healed a man born blind. I have not raised someone yet. I, have, I, I, I prophesied a little bit, and it's kind of uh, on target. It's kind of uh, what they had. Uh, I've, I've not uh, healed somebody who's crippled. So I might have failed big time. Is that what really what Jesus is saying? That if you're a whomever believes in me, then you should do this work. Well, no, not likely. Okay? Because in the New Testament letters, whenever you come across miracles, it is called a gift. You're with me? Whenever you come across miracles, it's a gift. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse, uh, go ahead, please. This is what it says in chapter 12, verse 7 to 10. So each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And who decides what to give to you? The Holy Spirit. Jesus. God. Okay? You, you cannot choose your own gifting, but you can covet the best gift. That's the only place in the Bible where God says covet. In the Old Testament, he tells you in two, uh, in two uh, commandments, do not covet. Do not covet. But yet in the New Testament, he said covet the best gift. Desire it. Okay? Oh, but we're not there. Verse 8. For to one is given through this Spirit the utterance of wisdom and to another, this is a different wisdom that uh, Brother Ben was talking about, okay? This is a gift uh, wisdom. The wisdom he was talking about uh, last week, you, you find that in the, uh, in the book of James. You find it in the book of Ephesians. In the book of Ephesians, Paul says, uh, I pray that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's a different uh, wisdom that's uh, being talked about here. It's a wisdom to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit, 
to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another, the working of miracles. There you go. It's the gift of healing. It's a gift of working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. So it means that, no, not likely that every believer should do that kind of work. But there will be some that will do it. Okay? But we have not answered the question, then what is the work that God says for whomsoever? So uh, next slide, please. Uh, 28 to 30. Here's a rhetorical, uh, rhetorical question that Paul asks. Uh, verse 28 says, And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administration, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? No? You can answer. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? No. Does that give a little bit of clarity? There is a work that God has prepared for us in advance to walk in, but it does not mean that everybody will be walking in water. In fact, only Peter has ever walked in water. If, we were, if all believers were supposed to walk in water, uh, can you name... After the resurrection, any missionary man of God that has walked in water? No. And if we are all supposed to heal the sick and do miracles, then a greater number of us have failed Christ. Wouldn't you think so? I'm going to lift that condemnation up in a little bit, okay? I know it, 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 for years you probably read this scripture and said, I think I'm supposed to do this. Church, it's a gift, okay? And God chooses gifts. It doesn't mean that nobody will do it. It's just that God gives people to do it. Amen? But that's, and like what I said, but we have not answered the question then, what is the work that God has prepared for us in advance that whomsoever believes shall walk in them? So do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? The answer is no. So what is that work that Jesus said that we whosoever believes in me will do the works that I do? So let's go back to uh, chapter 14, verse. So what is it? What is, if, if everybody, whoever believes, will also do the works that I do, so what is? So let's go to 11, 12, and let's, let's really break this down, okay? There's two observations that we can see in this, uh, in this verse. It says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. What's interesting about this chapter is, who Jesus was talking to. He was talking to his disciples. He was talking to Peter, Philip, and Thomas. And at this chapter, you can almost sense the frustration of Jesus because uh, in the earlier verses, he almost wanted to say, until now, you have not believed me. Uh, that's me paraphrasing the, the Bible, okay? Until now, you have not believed me. So uh, Jesus, I felt like Jesus almost wanted to say, how many times do I have to tell you that me, and the Father are one. That if you see me, you see the Father. That's what he was, uh, this is the conversation before this verse. And then finally, we get to verse 11. It says, believe me. See, after repeating it, repeating it, 
the disciple just couldn't get it. It says, believe me that I am the Father, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. So what was Jesus trying to get across? For them to believe who he is. For them to believe, church, that's what he was trying to get across to his disciples, for them to believe. But yet, for some reason, they could not believe. So finally he said, or else believe on accounts of the works themselves. So what Jesus was saying was that, look, uh, if my verbal testimony is not enough and it still leaves a doubt in your mind of who I am, believe then in the accounts what I'm doing. So the works that Jesus was doing was really designed to help people believe on who he is. Do you get that, church? The works was designed really to help people believe. That's what he said. Believe me. But if my verbal testimony is not enough, then let my works, or in the accounts of my work, then believe. So that's what he was saying. That was the works that he was talking about. The works was to help them believe on who he is. And that's verse 11. So if you use the same function of the works and believe in verse 12, then this is what it says. Truly I say to you, whoever believes in me, if you believe in me, you will also do the works that I do so that people will believe in me. Clear? One more time. So Jesus said, if my verbal testimony is not enough and it's still leaving doubts in your mind of who I am, then let the works that I do make you believe of who I am. And if you believe me, then the same works that I do, you will also do, and it would lead people to believe in me. Amen? Church, that is the work that Jesus has for all of us. It is a work to make people believe, and in their believing, point them to who Jesus is. That church is the work that God has for all of us. Just in case you're not convinced, go ahead, next, uh, next uh, verse, please, chapter 10, and, uh, or John 10, 25. Here, Jesus clarifies or uh, supports that. It says, Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. My verbal testimony is not enough. The works that I do in my Father's name bears witness about me. And then in John 6, 29, it says, Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who has sent. See, church, that's what who, for whoever believes in him, which means for every Christian. Church, what Jesus is saying is, at least, okay, now, now it's up to God what kind of gifts he will give you. Right? Some of you will walk in the miracles, and I believe some, some will. Okay? Some of you will work in the gifts of healing, some in the gifts of prophecy, some in the gifts of wisdom. Regardless or uh, whatever it is that God chooses for you to walk on, the part of whomever, everybody, the works that we do is the works that would lead Jesus or would lead people to believe on who Jesus is. That's the work that that was prepared for us in advance. 
Amen? And really, that's, uh, and that's why I began with salvation. In salvation, the, the, our very life, when we repent and we allow Jesus to come into our life, and Jared was talking about this, we abide in him, that new life will come out of us. And that's why it's very important that we abide in the Holy Spirit. Because church, the very, our very life, our very uh, changed life, is really the very works that we do. The way we act through the Holy Spirit, okay? The way we react towards people. The way we show mercy. The way we show love. I mean, the fruit of the Holy Spirit alone. It's love, joy, isn't it? We act in love, we act in joy. When you get uh, uh, peace, patient, the blessings of God, when we walk in the blessings of God, people actually get intrigued. It's like, what is it about this person? We demonstrate the gospel really through abiding into the Holy Spirit. And that is, church, the work that God has prepared for us in advance. If you're saved, if you're part of the whoever believes, then there is a work for you, and that is, whatever, whatever it is, it's a pointer to Jesus that when people see it, it will help them believe who Jesus is. And when they believe on who Jesus is, it will point them to the Father. Amen? Let me end with a, a little story. Our very life church is really a demonstration of the gospel. It is a display. It is a witness that Jesus really did the work in our lives. Uh, uh, two years ago, I uh, was able to talk to my biological brother, my, my brother. I always say biological brother. I was adopted, so I have to say biological brother. Uh, I, I had a chance to talk with my brother in the Philippines, and we really don't talk much. We're a family that don't communicate so much. But usually, one of the things that, you, we, in, that uh, in our hearts desire to, is to share the gospel with them, isn't it not? And sometimes it's difficult to share the gospel with your family. But this time, I didn't even have to do anything. He came to me. He was the one that asked me the question, so Armin, I didn't really call me Armin, buddy. We call each other buddy. So is it really true that you got to be in only, uh, you, you got to belong to a church in order to, to be saved? It's like, oh, wow, where did this question come from? He, he initiated. So you know what? I, I, it was a chance. So I, um, I told him out of uh, Romans, well, the, the, the Bible says that Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. No condition given what church you go to, but it's anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. So our conversation really, uh, uh, in fact, it, was, it got so emotional. I say, I'm, I'm surprised that I wasn't emotional. He was emotional. But then he, he made this comment. And, it, and, and I, was, I shouldn't be surprised, but I was surprised. He said, you know your mom, he, said, he was telling me, He's my brother, but, he, uh, but we have, uh, since I have two sets of parents, so he has to, to say, you know, your mom told me that you've been changed. Said, you have, you, you've been changed. There was a change in you. My mother was able to witness the change in me. Uh, I was such a good boy growing up that they sent me back to the Philippines. <laughs> so when I came back, I got saved, and the, the change happened. That's, that's the shortened version, okay? But that's what my brother said. You know, your mom told me how you have changed. And then he said, and I, uh, uh, it, does, it doesn't sound like this in Tagalog, but let me just <laughs> paraphrasing it. And I myself has witnessed it. I've seen the change in your life. I've seen the change of your, in your life. Uh, uh, and, and how my mom saw it, uh, 
I, I couldn't tell, but the thing is, it was just really living the gospel. It was, it, the, it's living the life of what God has given me. That's, uh, so as the conversation went on, I was able to say, you know what? You might see the change, but it's really, it's not out of my own effort. I couldn't change myself. So it was, a, it was an opportunity for me to share with him. It, uh, and it was a long conversation, a very good conversation, I believe. And then it was so open that I asked, can I pray for this? Can I pray for this? Can I pray for this? He was so open to it. For it was so effortless, church. I think that's the word. Sharing to him because he has seen the changed life, or not really him, but my mom has seen the changed life, and, and my mom told him, and he saw it, that sharing to him of who God is and what God has done in my life was so effortless. And church, that's what God calls us to do when we demonstrate the gospel. It's really to abide in the spirit and let our very life be a display of the gospel. Now, this is a two-week uh, two series. Next week, you're gonna, uh, we're not going to leave out declaration of the gospel, but because this, this part is only, or declaration of the gospel, but because this is only the demonstration. Don't think, oh, that's incomplete. Yes, there's a two-part about, about the, the, the gospel, just like what Ben said, wisdom and faith. Okay? You go together, they're the best tag team ever. When we, when we declare the gospel, it's demonstrated, and it's also declared. Amen? So, Lord, so, church, live, church. Live out the gospel. Demonstrate the gospel. You have been given so much. Our salvation is so much. In fact, the word salvation, and let me end with this one. The word salvation, really, in the Greek word, is really a picture of the condition of Adam before he sinned. That really is the picture of salvation, and that's what we have. Adam, before he sinned, he had a, an access to God. He had, there was no death. There was no growing old. There was no sickness. So when God said, I have saved you, the word salvation, solterra, it's really about preservation. It's about wholeness. It's about abundance. It's about prosperity. And church, when we are saved, we can live like that. We can live like that. And of course, we don't forget the character. The character will come, church, as long as you abide in the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are always collaborating together. See, even before you came to, to, to Jesus or you came to God, God has to draw you in. But once you're drawn in, you need Jesus to go to the Father. And who becomes the instrument on how you come to the Father? A believer who has the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's important as believers that we be led by the Spirit. Because the Father can draw man unto himself. But man needs Jesus to come to the Father. And then the third party is, a belief, is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives in us. We are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit moves through us. It leads us to speak. It leads us to a life. So that we can also lead people to Jesus. Amen? So Lord, let's, let's close. It's time. So church that, I don't know, if for years, I don't know if, if you, you have been looking at this, that verse for years and you feel like, man, I'm not doing what Jesus told me to do. I have not walked on water. I have not turned uh, water into wine. Church, the work that God has prepared for us is the works that would lead people to believe on who Jesus is. Amen? Let's pray. And then we'll end with a song.
Father, thank you for today. Father, thank you for this life. Thank you that through the Holy Spirit and through the abiding of the Holy Spirit, we can demonstrate the gospel to people. That people can see how we act, react, how we love, how we have so much joy. That, Lord, it would be so intriguing to them. That, Lord, it would lead them to believe, Lord, along with your words, along with the declaration, just as Jesus said, if my words is not enough, then let my works in account of it make you believe. So, Father, I just pray for us as a church. I pray for us as a people that if we are the part, if we are the whoever, then, Lord, we submit ourselves to you and we surrender. And we ask that the Holy Spirit, Father, be the one to lead us, to guide us, to move us, when to speak, when not to speak, when to go to the right, when to go to the left, and what to do. Moving us, Lord. This I ask in Jesus' name.